Hey, everybody. Today's episode is part two of one of our most super popular episodes from season one. If you haven't already, we highly recommend checking out episode 11, which is called Owning Your Wedding Budget. Um, check it out for even more goodness when it comes to planning your wedding and budgeting for your wedding. Uh, we also hope that you enjoy Danielle's pup, Cooper, chatting along with us on this episode and sharing his two cents. Check it out. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the second season of Put a Ring on It podcast, a collaboration between me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography, and me, Danielle Pasternak, wedding coordinator of DPNAC Weddings. Put a Ring on It is a podcast for anyone who is knee deep in the wedding planning process. We're here to share practical tips, amusing behind the scenes stories, and insider knowledge to shed light on the world of weddings and give you every ounce of confidence that you deserve. Let's do it. Hey, gorgeous listeners, it is episode 21 of season two of the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak. And I'm Dan Moyer, co-hosts of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Yeah, <laughs> co-hosts, goofballs, and also wedding professionals. Yeah, totes. It's good. That's what I, I'm going to put that on my business card. Co-host, goofball. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Dan, uh, what our listeners don't know... I feel like we're talking behind their back here now. But what our listeners don't know is before each episode, when we start recording, we tend to go off on these long subjects and banters and whatnot <laughs> of of everything and anything before we actually record. So that by the time we actually record, we go, oh, we should probably record the podcast today. Yes, <laughs> yes, we should. But um, anyway, it's, it's almost Christmas here. Uh, at the time that we're recording this. And when this episode goes live, it's going to be really almost Christmas. Super. Which, super which we're both pretty pumped about. Uh, what else is new with you, Dan? Um, just uh, trying to keep all my couples happy by making sure I get all their weddings back to them on time. Um, and then uh, my goal is by essentially, well, by the time this episode airs, I'm hoping to have everything out the door so I can just focus on the last last couple of days before Christmas and just get in the holiday spirit and just enjoy time with my little peanut and my wife and um, just looking forward to that. Just looking forward to Christmas and like the the time between Christmas and New Year's is always I feel like really special because a lot of a lot of places are closed or there's like not a lot going on and there's just like it's a little bit of a lull. So I'm looking forward to just relaxing, seeing family, hanging out, enjoying enjoying time with people um, that mean a lot to me. Uh, yeah. What about you? What do you? No. What is your Michael's plan for this uh, this coming weeks? Yeah, we still have no idea. We're figuring that out, but <laughs> it's uh, it's nice. I I agree with you. There's that like very interesting energy in the air even right now everyone's sort of shopping and bustling and they're in this very like gift giving mood and it's just um i love the energy this time of year it's like the energy right around i like it too around may when all the kids are starting to get out of school and there's that like excitement in the air all over again and uh mm. yeah I'm, I'm right there with you so we um i keep looking at the forecast hoping that snow will will come and apparently there's supposed to be some this weekend which will actually be mm -hmm. before last this weekend. episode airs last right. weekend <laughs> um 
that's going to get confusing. <laughs> <laughs> the Twilight Zone. Um, and I, I mean, I, I could, I, I appreciate each season for what it's worth, but I like, I don't just want cold. Like if it's going to be cold out, I give me snow too. Right. Just like, give me a little Even snow. Even if it's just flurries. Snow. Yeah, 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 totally. There was totally some flurries down here the other day. I think the Lehigh Valley got like a, a some good snow a uh, couple, like maybe last week or something. But down here towards Philly, we haven't gotten anything. And that's super bumming me out. So I'm just really hoping for some for some snow. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was at my parents' house, which is Northeast PA, uh, for the weekend before Thanksgiving. And we woke up to about six inches of snow that one day. And I was what? like, this is awesome. And we came back home, which is, you know, down closer towards Philly. And there's nothing. And there hasn't been anything. So I'm just like, wah, wah, wah. But we got to build snowmans and do all kinds of cool stuff. So um, that was cool that we got to do that. But um, also, one uh, cool thing about this time of year is that it's your birthday, Dan. Yay! It passed already, but that's yeah. that's okay. It was exciting. I would sing, but then people would stop listening to this podcast. So <laughs> happy birthday from from all of the listeners and myself, Daniel. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. It means so much that you were all here for me. Um, <laughs> the birthday was awesome. Uh, so I'm 31 now, and 30 was kind of a fun old. birthday. 30, 30 was yeah, old. 30 was <laughs> 30 was good. 31 was just I mean it was still awesome to like have fun with friends and every year for like the past five or six years we've been doing laser tag um and then we'd go back to you know our house or somebody's house and just have pizza and hang out um but this year we just like changed it up a little bit we went bowling uh came back to the house and just had like a little little shindig little party in the basement and um just hung out and then ended it early because the kiddo was sleeping upstairs um but we're we're using it as good practice for new year's hopefully you know new year's will be a good uh a good party because we yeah. we love hosting a good party. Yeah, hmm. you guys always have um, a good time with New Year's Eve and all that stuff. I have to say, I um I have been petrified of laser tag my what? entire life. Well, I've never played it, and that makes me nervous, and it just gives me a lot of anxiety. So I think it was last year or maybe the year before. I don't know which it was when I went to your birthday party and we played laser tag. I can't tell you how scared I was. Um, to go and I did it and it was the best time I had it was amazing so for all those many many people out there just like me who are afraid of laser tag don't be it's a good time <laughs> you know I, I don't know why I'm surprised by that because you have a bunch of weird things about you <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in the most endearing way possible <laughs> I think that's putting it lightly but thanks <laughs> No, no, no. Um, New experiences. So I'm not a person who can, um, I'm not like a sports person, mainly because I don't fully understand the rules. If you were to like sit down and explain to me all of the rules and all of the little tricks and nuances, then I would probably play. But because I don't, it gives me so much anxiety that I'm just better off like not playing, cheering from the sidelines. So when it came to laser tag, I couldn't just watch. Like I, I, I had to participate and I just I was so so nervous and when i saw like the millions of like 10 year olds there with us i was like okay okay danielle if they can do this you could do this too don't be scared don't be scared i swear like the first time we did it dan like we sat in that room and the the you know the the person that's working there like went through all the rules if i could have got out a notebook and pen and wrote that stuff down i would have <laughs> it See, makes me so i sound like i sound absolutely bizarre but it's just how i am 
So so when that room is like happening where they're like doing the pre roll and like they're like getting ready to get you in there and like the music's in the background like somebody scream. Uh, it's just like getting me really amped up. So I just think it's really funny that I'm sitting there like losing my mind like, all right, let's go. A team team blue has got to take down team red and I'm going to do anything in my possible to kick people's butts. And you're just like, OK, so what I really need to do, push these two buttons to fire and these two. Oh, you can't. Oh, okay. So okay. Oh, okay. So you, you don't you don't shoot people within three feet. Okay. Okay. So all right, three feet. Mark that down. <laughs> That's how I Life. work. Totally how you work. That's all good. But yeah. Uh, so you've broken me out of my laser tag fear. Next is going to be paintball. Oh, I can't do paintball. Oh God, I just Rachel instant anxiety. Rachel has done paintball and she is a wuss and is afraid of all kinds of pain. But it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not afraid of getting shot. I'm afraid of shooting people. Like I oh. can't um, – uh, I, I used to um, play around with like a paintball gun. Like I'm good. I can shoot at like hay bales and whatever. When it comes to like, okay, now I'm going to run and you're going to shoot at me, can't do it. I freak out, oh. lost my mind. So maybe that. I'll go and I'll just like, I'll defend everybody. I'll like jump in front of them and defend their honor. Is you can just play defense. Works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defense. Like hang out in the back. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And just like, just like yell mean things at people. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get you. Yeah, I'll, I'll come up with a good bunch of your mama jokes <laughs> or offenses. Yeah, I'll be okay. ready. Now I have a year to prepare, also known as freak out about it. So this is good. I'm excited. I'm glad you told me. <laughs> Oh, you know what I'm really excited for? Just I could side, have done side bowling. <laughs> bowling would have been good, yeah. I have my own um, bowling ball. I could have killed it. I mean, I could have got at least 100 is what I mean. <laughs> nailed it. Um, last thought about winter and wedding. Not winter weddings. Last thought about weddings. No, last thought about winter. Um, mm -hmm. Then I we'll talk am, weddings. Yeah, then we'll talk weddings. Then we'll talk wedding budgets part two. Um Michael, I just found out he snowboards. I don't know how I didn't know this. Um, so he and I are going to do some snowboarding this year, and I'm really excited about that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, probably go to Blue Mountain, which is a little probably like Blue an hour, hour and hour and fifteen from here. But yeah, yeah not bad. really great spot. That's awesome. Yeah, I like going. Last year he went, and I I like just sitting in the. Um, Lodge. Lodge area. I bring a good book and drink really bad hot chocolate, depending on where I am, and it's a good time. <laughs> cool. I love it. I tried snowboarding and um not feeling it. Uh yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> cried like a baby. <laughs> uh yeah. I well I don't like ski lifts, so I don't know where I thought I was going there. And I don't like I don't <laughs> like not feeling like I'm in control of my situation and it's really hard to break without just yeah. falling down so and yeah. that hurt after so many times of going down the bunny <laughs> slope so gotcha so speaking of wedding budgets wedding budgets <laughs> so speaking of wedding budgets um <laughs> so before we hop into the the whole episode and really run through wedding budget part two um we wanted to let you know that just in the spirit of of this time of year uh that danielle and i are going to take an extra week off uh, throughout this this next couple of weeks, and we're gonna have our next episode out on January 10th, just so we can in, enjoy time with family and just uh, really come up with a game plan for 2017. So after this episode, we will see you January 10th um, <gasps> in 2017. Uh 2017, yay! No, I was gonna say, which for people listening to this in like 2020, they're like, wow, 2017. Do you remember 2017? That was like forever ago. Oh, no, I totally. don't know why they're talking like that. 
but the first the first episode how about that yeah that was, was that? January, that was January 5th 2016 5th. yeah so we're almost a year old almost a year old yay oh that's fun okay so right. wedding budgets so why are we doing a second episode on this Danielle well because you wanted to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's important, right? Like this is the this is like the the first spot that everybody starts, right? Right. Um, and well, it's it's a it's a core part of of planning a wedding. It's money's a big part of it all. Absolutely. Um, and I just thought that you know as we were planning for this season that it would help everybody out to to revisit the budget because um, I feel like there's always new things that we're learning and new things that we're considering. Um, so we kind of came up with a few more things that we want to lay out. But in case you missed it um, and you didn't get a chance to go back and listen to episode 11 yet, which you should do right now, we covered a few of these things. We covered basically our personal experiences, um, my wedding, planning our wedding, um, and then Danielle, you moving. What else did we cover? Yeah, so um, we talked about uh, you know, the big website, The Knot, they give certain recommendations. We talked about that versus maybe recommendations uh, that were a little bit more realistic to where you were getting married and your priorities. Um, we also talked about negotiating with your vendors, which was a very interesting topic. Um, what else, Dan? Uh, we talked about defining what affordable was affordable to you and it might be $10,000 affordable to you might be $60,000. It also depends on where you're getting married, which we're going to talk about in a little bit too. Um, or another big thing that we talked about was having an open and honest, uh, and transparent conversation about where that money is coming from, um, and where, or what, what the people who are giving that money, what, um, their expectations are as well. Yeah, and finally, we talked about keeping track of when your payments were due. So we really dove into the thought of spreadsheets and, and keeping organized and all of that. So if you are interested in any of that stuff, go back, listen to episode 11. But you don't really have to listen to that episode in order to listen to today's. It's not like a uh, you're not going to be in the dark on what we're talking about by any means. It's just, you know, giving you more information and, and completing a whole package. Um, so before we... Um, before we, before I sat down and started thinking about, you know, all the different things we wanted to talk about for this episode, I went back and I re-listened to that episode. And one of the things that I'm actually surprised we didn't talk about a little bit more was the term budget wedding. Mm. Um, I don't like this term. <laughs> so I, I want to start today's episode off uh, talking about that. When, uh, when you're planning a wedding and you have this thought in your head like, well, you know, I'm not planning a super high-end wedding. I'm planning a quote-unquote budget wedding. I, I don't necessarily think that you need to put a negative stigma to the term budget wedding. And this goes back to actually what we said last episode about how much money you spend on your wedding doesn't have any effect on how great the the experience is or how like fun the wedding is or how much fun your guests are going to have. It does not matter whatsoever. You whatsoever. You can have a a $5,000 wedding and have like the best time of your life or you can have a $100,000 wedding and have the best time of your life. It doesn't matter. Exactly. And uh, in all reality, every wedding has a budget to some yep. degree, some number that they're hoping to stay around or stay under. I mean, really, unless you're, you know, a Kim Kardashian or <laughs> then I, I firmly believe that even they have their limits too. It's, it might be substantially higher than what our limits might be set at, but it that's 
what it comes down to is every wedding has a budget to some degree and it's okay to own that budget and say, you know what, this is what we're comfortable spending and and having to stand behind it. I think um, when you say the term budget friendly, it just means something very different to everyone. Yeah. Be open to learning about what your money can actually get you like what what do things cost in your area and don't just like throw money at the cheapest thing um that sometimes that's not exactly the best option so don't be afraid to ask um ask why or or find out why things are more expensive or less expensive um and if you're looking for just a good benchmark uh one of the websites that we found is actually a website called borrowed and blue um it's www.borrowedandblue.com we'll have that link in the show notes um but there just seems like there's a a very realistic estimator for larger areas of the United States and if you just go to that website click on areas and then click on you know a, a an area that's close to you there's this little bar up across the page and it just lists some stats about the the uh, the wedding in that weddings in that area, how many there are, what the general um, budget is that most people are spending um, per hundred people. So it's just I, I feel like that that just seems like a very realistic estimator of what things actually cost in your area. Mm-hmm. And it's it those are averages. It doesn't mean that that's totally. like a benchmark for what you have to do or something you have to surpass it's it's just to give you an idea of what's realistic like we said um we mentioned it back in episode 11 the knot gives these uh averages but they're very blanket they're very um they include weddings that happen in alaska they include weddings that happen in california they include weddings that happen in new york city and in like the middle of indiana so it's 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 very difficult to get a realistic number when you're including all that so borrowed in blue like dan says they they break it down by like a like a smaller area and from what we can see it seems like it gives pretty realistic information so shout outs to them for, yeah. uh, for doing that because that has to be a lot of work on their part to, totally. to put all that information together. So with the emails that I receive as a wedding planner, I get emails from all different types of, of awesome couples that are that are planning a wedding and engaged and super psyched. And what I hear sometimes or what they write sometimes in emails to me is, is something along the lines of like we have um, a really, we're having a very like low budget writing, like no frills and all this, this thing. And it, it feels sometimes like they have this like apology attached to it. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but we're only spending this much on our wedding. And I think um, it should go without saying, but we're going to say it anyway, that you don't ever have to apologize for having a limit to what you want to spend when it comes yeah. to anything in your life. Um, but I also think that if you if you have a certain budget that you want to be educated and make sure your expectations are realistic to what that budget can give you in return yeah i i really don't think that we can stress this enough that the the success of your marriage Mm-hmm. has no direct relation on how much you spend on your wedding unless you're fighting over the 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 debt the wedding debt um yeah. but that that really can't be said enough whatever works for you is is what you can is what you should go with um it's mm-hmm. okay to not have a wedding budget that's $30,000 you know a a great wedding and I'm sure you can elaborate on this a little more Danielle but a great mm-hmm. wedding for a small group of your VIPs your your close knit group of people is 100% doable for like $7,000. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But you have or to put less. in the work and you have to, yeah, or less. And you have to, but you have to put in the work and do the research. Right. And, and that's, that's what a lot of it is, is, is putting in that time and, and really doing your due diligence to make sure that you're getting the best value for the money that you're putting into it and still making sure that your guests are having that good experience. So I think when uh, people email me that are having weddings with budgets that are under the 10,000 or even in the 5,000 range, one of the things we talk about most is that it's important to, you know, own that budget, but also it's important to have those realistic expectations. Like I was saying, a a $5,000 wedding, you can't expect it to look like a $30,000 wedding and you can't expect that to look like a $100,000 wedding and so on. And it's the same, you know, to, to put it into a different frame of mind, it's the same as with a house. Like a $100,000 house looks different than a $300,000 house, which looks different than a million dollar house. It just depends on your budget and what feels best to you. And I don't know about you, Dan, but I don't know many people who go around buying million dollar houses just because, well, it's our house and it's a big deal if they can't afford a million dollar house. I just think it needs to get taken back into that same frame of thinking when it comes to your wedding. Yeah, I totally feel that. So so let's dive into a few more new ways on how to actually save in your budget, how to, how to start right. mixing and, and making and finding room in your budget. Yeah, I think by far the biggest and most substantial way you can save money when you're planning your wedding is by starting with your guest list. The more people that you have that you're inviting to the wedding and that are eventually coming to your wedding, the more it's going to affect your bottom line. Hands down, it's one of the biggest factors in the whole thing. Yep. Uh, One of the things actually uh, that ties into your guest list and saving money, one of the little tricks that I like to do, as long as your venue... Uh, can accommodate it is to do bigger tables versus smaller tables. So if you have uh, 20 uh, smaller tables and you can fit, um, uh oh, math. <laughs> math. So uh, if you have, say, 20 smaller tables and you can fit about six people at each table, um, that accommodates 120 guests. That means you need 20 tables, 20 linens, 20 centerpieces, all the different things that you have going on decor-wise at your table versus if you do a table that holds like 12 people at each table, then you only need 10 tables. So 10 tables versus 20 tables, that's half of what you need for everything for linens, decor, not everything, but a lot of the bigger price tag items that I will find saves you at least $1,000. Um, again, as long as your venue can fit those bigger tables in your space, that's a really cool way to, uh, a unique way to save money. Does does that same thought process apply to like the long tables, like were they farm mm-hmm. tables or something? Like, uh, does that same, same thought process apply to that? Yeah, well with farm tables, farm tables by nature cost more to rent the table, but then you don't have to necessarily put a linen on top of them. They're a very trendy thing right now, especially here in Pennsylvania. The The rustic theme is running strong here. Um, yeah. But yeah, same thing. As long as you could fit more people at a table, it's it's a, it's a at least less a centerpiece. You don't have another table number to think about. You have less uh, you know, decor that's specifically going on each table. You have less of all of that. Totally. Still the same um, number of seats. <laughs> that doesn't change. Number. Yeah. <laughs> Another great thing you can do is just to stay local with your wedding pros. Um, it saves on a lot of your travel costs, especially if you're trying to bring somebody from out of state, um, like a band. I, I know bands that have, um, you know, pretty large 
travel fees because of how much equipment they have to bring. Now, if that's not to say that if music is like your number one thing and you love this band, absolutely invest in them, but realize that you have to pull money from other parts of your budget in order to um, be able to support that travel cost. Um, if at all possible, just try to keep it local. If you're traveling f- to somewhere uh, for your wedding, try to find somebody in that neighborhood or in, in that city that doesn't charge travel fees for coming there or, or that service that area. One of the big things I find is when you're trying to find somebody to come and do hair and makeup on site for you, a lot of times clients are looking for, you know, one place for hair, another place for makeup, things like that. If you can find a company, one company to come do it all, you're going to save yourself because it's one travel fee or or whatever, you know, fees you're looking at. It's one thing and then um, you don't have to necessarily pay a bunch of people to come and do similar things. If you can, um, that's one way to look into maybe saving sometimes it's a few hundred dollars that you're saving there continuing on this theme of you know saving uh saving your budget a little bit or finding room in your budget and this actually goes against our better judgment um but having your friends contribute their talents um and while we say this we did go through this a little bit in the last episode that we just did (laughs) episode 20 uh but that said, you know, there are a few things to consider when you have friends contribute their talent. Um, the first one was, you know, will this stress you out? Uh, and, and I know I said something similar to this in the last episode, but like you can you can lean on your wedding pros because you are legit hiring them for their service. And this is the extent of your relationship with them pretty much. I mean, Danielle and I both get pretty friendly with our couples, um, but, you know, this is still grounded on the basis that you know this is still a uh, a service driven relationship now if if you're hiring a friend um and something goes wrong and it turns sour that's just that's just something to consider will this add stress to your plate if you hire or bring in a friend to contribute their talent and you also have to think about what happens if they don't follow through or it doesn't turn out like you had thought or or like you had had hoped if it's if it's crazy important to you whatever it is that they're doing and you don't have 100% confidence in this person it's usually not worth the stress or or the headache to ruin you know potentially ruin a friendship and that's as you're getting married there's a lot of stressors on your plate just by nature it's a big it's a big life chapter and it's a big moment in in your life and it, adding that stress um, can can be a little bit too much for some people. Um, when we talk about having mm. friends um, contribute, it's it's things that they are that they feel very solid in, things that they just do naturally very well and things that if it doesn't happen the way you thought, life goes on it's and totally it's fine. gonna be okay right yeah um, yeah and again, I think it goes without saying, um, if it falls through, if this, the, the having your friend contribute, if it falls through, what will it cost you to fix it very last minute? And will right. you be able to fix it? That, that would be the biggest stressor I think on my plate is if there's not a formal agreement, um, and, and something happens where this falls through, like what, what's the fix, especially as you get closer to the wedding, um, and, and a lot of wedding pros become less and less available, what then becomes your options as they get narrower and narrower? Right. And, you know, what if you just have a few hours to fix it? Who's going to make that call? It's it's 
it's a very difficult situation. And I, uh, I think we both live by the notion, Dan, that in most cases, you get what you pay for. And while free is wonderful and saves you money, sometimes it comes with a cost. Pun intended. Ta-da! <laughs> um, I think this next one is, is all you and, and would be a really great thing for you to peer or pull back the veil on and just and share uh, what, um, what you think about borrowed versus rented versus purchased. Right. So as you um, as you go through your your wedding planning, there's going to be a point where you have to really start thinking about the decorations and depending on your venue and a million other different facets, you can often uh, go down this like rabbit hole of, oh, well, we need this and we need this and we need this and we need this and we need this. And while all those things were, are going to add to it and they're going to make it wonderful, there might be some areas that instead of purchasing those items, you can find them that you can rent them. You can borrow them maybe from somebody who's getting married. I know I see a lot of Facebook groups popping up now. And if you join um, you know, a local Facebook group of people who are planning their wedding, a lot of people, once their wedding is passed, they'll put up there, hey, I have you know, 15 of these huge vases. Um, if somebody wants them, they're, you know, you, whether you buy them or, or whatever it is, it's usually at a little bit of a discounted rate. So that's also a really good option. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunities there. And a lot of people... An argument I hear quite a bit is that, well, if I rent it, I use it once and then I send it back and I feel like, you know, that's that's wasting my money. Like at least if I buy it, then it's mine and I can decide what to do with it from there. But when you have purchased it and it's now in your belonging, where are you going to store it? Where is it going to stay? I, Unless um, some miracles happen and the stars align just right, you're not going to get rid of it immediately. It's going to sit in boxes for a while and you have to figure out, okay, now, you know, what are we going to do with it? And now what's going to happen? Just get these off my hands already. And Dan, I think you had a, you had that right with those, with your centerpieces. Yeah. uh, Our glass globes, we actually still have them from our wedding. So we did a very, very simple um, red rose underneath a glass dome, like like uh, Beauty and the Beast, um, and we we still have those domes. We haven't been able to really get rid of them. I've sold like maybe two on eBay. Um, but if anybody's listening and uh, you want to, you know, send us an email um, from the contact tab on the Put a Ring on a Podcast <laughs> website, and would really like some some glass globes that I think are like twelve inches tall by like five inches wide. Um, get in touch and I will give you a very, very good deal on that. Um, so Dan, so- in hindsight, I have a question in hindsight, if you could have rented those, those globes, would that have been a better value to you at this point? Knowing what I know now, hundred percent, because yeah. they, they are taking up space in our basement. Yeah. And you could also, um, another thought is in, you know, whatever you have decor wise going on, try and find ways to repurpose it throughout the day. So if you have your ceremony and you have maybe, uh, you know, two beautiful flower centerpieces or arrangements that are being used as like a focal point for your ceremony, maybe it's flanking you and your partner on each side. Maybe they're used later in the night, put them on the place card table or, or move them somewhere because once the ceremony is over, chances are people aren't going to appreciate that space anymore so it's great to repurpose i'm always shifting things throughout the day as we're moving spaces so (laughs) i want to go back to something that you just said um talking about borrowed and rented versus purchased which is a, a facet of that but it's really to not throw a lot of money into things that don't matter to you for example like you don't have to spend a ton of money on 
uh, things that are not your priorities. Right. Or like if, if flowers aren't your thing and you don't necessarily want to do a lot of decor that involves flowers, don't feel like you have to invest a certain amount uh, in order for it to be deemed a wedding to, you know, for for it to pass the wedding mm-hmm. test. Um, on the other side of that, I think just because something is important to you and is a priority to you and to your partner for the wedding, that also doesn't mean that you have to throw a lot of money in it. Um, just for an example, if if what you wear really, uh, really matters a lot to your heart and to your soul, and it's something you've thought about for a long time, don't feel obligated to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on your dress or on your attire just because it's a priority to you you don't have to have this um don't have this like pressure on your shoulders of like well it's a priority and if i don't invest a lot of money in it maybe uh you know maybe that's me not giving enough to my priority it's okay to to spend what you feel is good to you on whatever thing you're purchasing you know, I feel like a lot of what we do here, a lot of what we talk about is is almost like giving you permission to go with what your gut says. You know, like if something is very, very important to you, you can spend a whole bunch of money or you don't have to spend, you know, money on it. You can invest uh, a, a lot in it or you don't have to. It's It really is with whatever your gut says. Um, and again, you know, at, at here at the Puerto Rican Podcast, I feel like we are um, very much about breaking molds and just going with what your gut says. So, you know, if you need permission for something, come and ask us the question because we will be happy to give you permission to do with whatever your gut says. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's about staying open minded and accepting, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things throughout the process. And yeah, like Dan said, we, we, we have your back. We got you. <laughs> we got you. We got yeah. you. <laughs> um, so uh, for our Martha Stewart's out there that are listening. And Martha Stewart, if she's listening, she's not listening. Anyway, um, what I would like to say to you is that if you are a creative person, feel free to use that if you feel comfortable using that. Like use that talent of yours and don't be afraid to showcase it. Um, As long as, there's a caveat here, as long as whatever it is that you're doing in your creative realm can be done long before the wedding day approaches. In those final weeks before your wedding, you are going to have so many to-dos and so many things on your plate, um, anything and everything that you can possibly imagine, and every little task is going to feel like the biggest task in the whole world. So if you leave a very big project for yourself until last minute, when it can be done earlier, um, I will slap you on the wrist because don't do that. Um, I, I cannot tell you how many couples come to me and say, like, we have gotten all these big things done. Um, we're so excited. And they're still like seven months out. And they're like, yeah, we're going to DIY all this stuff. And I'm like, just just be careful because those last couple months are always really crazy. Like that last month, month and a half, two months really will will come out of nowhere. All the little things that you have to do. And it really, really does come out of nowhere. I just had a a meeting with uh, a couple who's getting married in January and we're having our planning meeting. And she was like, you were right. You were right. There's just so much minutia that I have to wade through to get this stuff done. Um, so just be mindful of that as you're starting to DIY some of these projects and, and keeping, keeping that in mind. 
Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to just be decor. Like if you're great with a computer and you're good at maybe designing stuff, even if you just have a little bit of good knowledge with Microsoft Word, you can make your own menus <laughs> and programs. And, you know, if you're if you're trying to find ways to save money and um, there's a lot that you can do. There's a lot of YouTube tutorials that teach oh, yeah. you that stuff, too. But again, that's something that can be done in advance. Um, you know, if you're crafty, get like down and dirty with some centerpiece stuff. Um, what I think... Well, I know I don't recommend while it has been done is when couples decide to either cater their own wedding or um, do their own flowers. Those are sort of the two biggest ones that make me go, oh, dear, (laughs) makes me so nervous because um, while again, while it has been done in the past, it's and it's happened successfully and it's happened not so successfully trying to to cater for 150 guests, especially if you've never done it before, um, whether you're doing that or baking your own wedding cake the night before or trying to be your own florist. Um, this is going to add a disgusting amount of stress to your plate. And I, I feel as though it's going to ultimately result in you not enjoying your wedding day. And I, I don't know if if that is something that really means a lot to you, like like cooking for that many people, like it, it, I know, I know a lot of people bond over cooking, right? Like I, I feel like sure. growing up, my my parents' kitchen was medicinal. Um, so I think that if that is something that is really important to you, you need to do everything in your power to seek out someone who has done this successfully, or find a, a caterer or something to understand how how you do that. How do you cater for 150 people? How do you keep it hot? How do you cook it? How do you save it? Like there's there's it's one of those things like you don't know what you don't know. Um, exactly. So if that is really meaningful to you, whatever that that big mm-hmm. task is, flowers or you know cooking for 150 200 people really seek out an expert to to figure out how you can do that and how you can plan and make a plan to be successful in that yeah i think um as a general rule of thumb too whatever you're planning on doing yourself um prepare yourself for that and then multiply it by maybe like four to five as far as difficulty level and stress <laughs> because you, you you you're not just um you know you're you're taking care of whatever it is that you're doing but you have this very looming deadline and you have a million other things going on at the same time it's just it's a lot and i think um it shouldn't be approached lightly but i also think that if you have a talent that uh you should look into using it yeah and and I, I think it goes without saying, but ask for help. Ask for friends, your yeah. wedding party, bridesmaids, groomsmen. Um, you know, it would be a really great night, maybe for the ladies uh, to to do some crafting over some centerpieces. Maybe have some wine, drink a little bit. Maybe put the <laughs> put a ring on a podcast on in the background to just get everybody really excited and getting in the wedding planning mode. Centerpieces, wine, put a ring on a podcast sounds like an enjoyable night to me. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? <laughs> oh boy, Daniel. <laughs> no, I I agree. It's you can get a lot done with a little bit of wine, not too much wine, because then the centerpiece no longer looks how you want the centerpiece to look. <laughs> good enough, it's fine. How many of these do we oh, need to great. make? <laughs> we made two. Yeah, and I think uh, to to further talk about um, what Dan said about asking for help. You can also ask your vendors um, for recommendations and ways to cut back a little bit. I think if you're honest and transparent with them, 
ideally from the get-go and say, hey, you know, this is what we're looking to spend. Um, what are some creative ways that we can get the most bang for our buck? Uh, you know, biggest thing is, I think of as flowers. If you have this crazy love for peonies and, you know, this this beautiful lush bouquet, there's other ways to achieve that look without using peonies, which are crazy expensive. I mean, they're gorgeous, but they're crazy expensive. So it's, you know, it's about finding creative ways and, and ways that, like Dan said, you don't know what you don't know. So ask your vendors and the people that you're working with to see if they have any um, good ideas. And if they say no, it's okay. All is fine. You know what? And if they say yes, that's amazing. You saved a whole bunch of money. But just know that it's it's the way that you ask to. That's very important. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about respect. Respect R-E-S-P? the warm and fuzzies. The warm and fuzzies. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Our last tip for, for this episode. This has been Tuesday Tips with Jan and Danielle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This is one I actually saw on uh, a practical wedding blog, and I thought it was definitely worth sharing here. Um, and one that you might not hear about or see about too, or read about rather too often. And that is um, to try to pay for everything you can with cash when it comes to your wedding. Now, there's a few uh, uh, there's a few schools of thought with this. Um, one of the things is. Um, depending on your vendor or your venue, you can sometimes get a discount if you pay in full with cash. Um, I know that is an option. And the other side of things is when you pay with a credit card, depending on what type of credit card and, you know, a financial uh, humiha, there are interest rates and all these different things that add up significantly over time. So depending on how long you're going to be paying off the credit card for, you're avoiding all of those interest rates and extra fees uh, if you opt to pay with cash versus charging it on a credit card. Again, not always possible, but just something to think about if it is. Um, not necessarily paying with cash, but I've also heard of people, or I've also heard of wedding pros um, giving a, a small discount if if their package is paid off right away. So rather than mm-hmm. like paying it off over the course of uh, you know the year or whatever, if you are able to and you have the means of just paying the entire package off in one payment right away, um, that might be a good way to negotiate um, and say, hey, if we just pay this whole thing off right away, here you go. We're paying the whole package off right now. Um, uh, can can we work something out in that sense? I think if you approach it in that way, um, you may find that that might be beneficial because, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of small businesses that would inject, you know, a good amount of cash into uh, their their business. And, uh, you know, that's what small businesses like is an injection of cash to be able to yeah. grow and expand and all that kind of goodness. Yeah, that's I'm actually doing that now in my personal life. I'm going through all of my bills and um, well, I guess not, not so much my personal life, but my uh, my business side of things and seeing what I pay on a monthly recurring basis that I've just been paying. And I'm trying to say I'm reaching out to those companies and saying, hey, if I pay for a year up front or two years up front, um, is there some sort of uh, discount or something that you yep. can work with me on? And uh, so far, 99 percent of them i've saved at least like at least a month's worth of of whatever it is that i'm paying so for me that's a that's a win and going back to the the topic of cash um i think as humans we are a little bit more emotionally tied to our cash when we hand someone like paper money Uh um it feels a little bit different than when we swipe a plastic credit card so if you're going through the process and finding that you're 
you're just spending a little too much or or maybe you just know that about your personality that you're a little bit of a spender that deciding to pay with cash maybe might put the make you uh stop and think about it a little bit more and say okay wait do i do i really need this and do we really want this and is this really something that we we want and involved in our wedding and if yes great here's all of our monies and if not then maybe you think about something else or move on to something different cool you know what it totally just hit me that two things that this is the last episode that we will do for 2016 oh. uh, um and that we're now over 20 episodes that's just awesome because i remember when we when we hit double digits and we were like we like did like a round of applause and we're clapping and we're like oh my gosh 10 episodes now we're at 20 over 12,000 plays um that just feels really good and then you know uh, i don't think we can say it enough thank you everybody out there for listening for supporting us for reviewing us again i'm gonna say it 100 times if you know somebody who's planning a wedding if you are even if you're just dreaming of planning a wedding if you are in the thick of planning a wedding um you know, we are here to help. Uh, we're, we hope that you are just loving what you're hearing. Um, and if there's other topics that you really want us to tackle, or if you have questions that you, you want us to answer, we are uh, available. All it, all it takes is a little email to us or, or hopping in the Facebook group. And we personally will answer your questions. Um, and, and do our best to just really, you know, sort through some things and help you navigate this, crazy world of weddings our crazy our goal world. is to really to really peel back the veil to just peer <laughs> under the veil <laughs> we almost so, made it and, through a whole episode <laughs> no i said it once already before <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> um, well. our goal is is really to peer under the veil and just let you guys see um what this what this process is and help <laughs> i'm just gonna stop talking now <laughs> <laughs> we want to help you that's what it comes we want to help you yeah. Dan and I uh, love what we do and we love that we have this podcast to to talk to y'all about whatever it is that we want to talk to you guys about. But we've we've gotten uh, a good deal of like encouraging uh, messages and whatnot. So that's just crazy. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, a lot of it, a lot, a lot of this podcast is us talking, and we'd really love to hear from you more. I mean, yeah. we're Danielle and I come up with a lot of the, a lot of the topics and that kind of stuff, and um, we want to know what what you're really going through. I mean, I I know some of the things that we went through for our wedding, but we'd love to hear more about specifically and talk specifically to what you guys are going through in the thick of this process. So let us know. Seriously, keep in touch. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different ways, and we're gonna lay them out for you right now. Yeah, so first thing, check out puttaringonitpodcast.com. Our website, show notes, um, best way to get in touch with us is probably on there as well. Um, and don't forget, you can still send us your wedding story. Call us at 267-521-2686 or again, visit that puttaringonitpodcast.com uh, slash contact, super fancy, to uh, send us a message. Totally. Like us on Facebook to keep in touch, ask questions, which we will actually get back to you on um, for free uh, and get updates on season two. Yeah. And uh, what's been happening lately is Dan and I have been getting um, a few awesome comments on Instagram as well. Yeah. So if you if we don't have a put a ring on a podcast Instagram, at least not yet. But if you look for Dan, he's at Daniel Moyer photo um, and mm-hmm. I'm at DPNAC, DPNAK. So uh, give us. Give us some some feedback on there too if you're Instagram people. I love Instagram. Totes. 
I love Instagram too. I mean, it, it, I'm a photographer, and Instagram is driven specifically for photos. So, um, go figure. Yeah. <laughs> totally nailed it. Um, so we hope uh, everybody has a very happy, safe, uh, enjoyable holiday and a very, very happy new year. We'll see mm-hmm. you next year. Yeah, and just a reminder, we're taking a week off, so we will see you again on January 10th. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.